Welcome to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's show, Lucas and I are going to talk about the movie you voted for in our Denzel Pick'em poll from a few weeks ago, Training Day. Listen to find out who almost starred in this, what movie I wanted to win the poll question originally, and of course, who wins our episode awards. Training Day on the Couch Potato Podcast starts right now. I'm the police. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. The critics are raving about America's number one movie, Training Day. Time Magazine says Denzel Washington gives a hot wired performance. Rolling Stone calls Training Day knockout action entertainment. Denzel Washington is flat out great. The performance of the year, says the Wall Street Journal. The New York Times guarantees him an Oscar nomination. This is a great film. Training Day. Rated R. Now playing. All right, welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is Lucas. Lucas, what's going on, man? Oh, you know. I, maybe you don't, but you know. <laughs> I'm in a great mood tonight. When you know, you know. That's right. You know, you know. You that's know. right. You know it? <laughs> There's going to be one dude that's going to get that reference. One person. So, um, <laughs> uh, This week's episode uh, is another uh, poll question winner. This is the... Uh, winner of the Denzel Pickham Award. We're doing Training Day this week. What a movie. What a fucking movie. And you know it's our man Denzel. That's right. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, though. When we uh, put the four uh, possibilities up on the, the socials, I was kind of hoping we were going to do Man on Fire or uh, Inside Man. I hadn't seen Training Day in a long time. And really? I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, it's not one of those movies that, I think about watching, but uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I'm like, I figured this was the one that's going to win, but I didn't really care to do it. And then I watched it uh, a couple nights ago, and I forgot how fucking awesome this movie is. It is pretty fucking awesome. Whew. Denzel is bringing the fire. This movie, like, takes you on an emotional roller coaster. Right. The pacing is like... Ooh, adrenaline, and then it calms you down, and then it fucking brings you right back up. That's right. Yeah, it's like a it's like a wave. Uh, when's the first time you've seen this? Oh, shit. Uh, I think I've seen this in theaters. Really? Actually, yeah. Yeah, I see. I didn't even see it in the movie theater. I waited. Uh, I think this was a home video one for me. Really? Yep. Back before think- Blu-rays were a thing when it was still uh, DVDs. You know, actually, I think I was talking to you about this. I'm pretty sure I bought this movie on HD DVD. Yeah, I remember? yeah I remember it now. Yeah, you said this is uh, one of your first HD DVD things. And for people that don't know, uh, they had a war between Blu-ray and HD DVD, and Blu-ray won out. Yeah, yeah. I, this was the first, so I got the drive for Xbox 360, the one that plugged in USB, mm-hmm. and um, it came with that King Kong movie that Peter Jackson directed the right. one that's like 17 hours long. Yeah. You have to split that up and like, you have to watch it in like for like three weeks. Honestly though, that movie, it's not bad, but it's more like two different movies. Yeah. I, I, I'll watch it, but I, I've seen, I went and seen that in the movie theaters, but I don't think I'd go back and watch it again anytime soon. Like if it's on TV, I maybe I'll watch a little bit of it, but that's a long haul in the movie. theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we used to do a thing where we went to the movies on Christmas day. And that was mm-hmm. the one we watched on Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's not a it's not a bad movie, like I said. But uh, so that came free with it, and then the first movie that I bought for it was Training Day. 
Not a bad choice. No, nah, and the movie's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It looked really good. I remember, you know, that was back when, like, uh, if you had 1080p, you were spending, like, $5,000 on a TV. Yeah. And I had 10, I had 1080p, so I was like, woo, I'm, I'm in there. I remember you used to have all, like, the really cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> before anybody still else. Do. I still do. Oh, yeah, you went out and bought a PlayStation 5 today, didn't you? That is correct. Yeah. Well, fuck you, man. I got responsibilities. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I got. <laughs> I got kids. Damn it! <laughs> There's going to be one person that gets that reference too, right? Um, yeah. I, I tell you what. When I watched this, though, like we were saying, like I f- forgot how fucking amazing Denzel Washington is in this. I mean, he is yeah. like he like commands the screen. He, did he win an Academy Award for this? Yeah, he did. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, he won an Oscar for this. As he should. Right. Um, when I was doing the research, uh, not to step on that corner, but first time, at least that I remember, he played uh, like an all-out villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have a fact about that that I'm going to bring up in our research corner. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Oh, damn. Lucas has got some saucy stuff tonight. Sauce. Saucy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, let's get into these categories here. Uh, do the tail of the tape. Uh, this was released on September the 2nd, 2001. Uh, stars, of course, Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Scott Glenn, uh, Cliff Curtis, and a uh, very early uh, performance from Ava Mendez. Hmm. What else? I don't even know what else Ava Mendez does. Uh, she was in Hitch. Uh, she's the uh, baby mama of Ryan Gosling's child. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. She was in the Fast and Furious movie, which you told me right before the break that, or we started recording, that you haven't seen after part of seven. Yeah, I know. I broke your heart. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll get over it, I guess. <laughs> I guess I won't invite you on that episode. <laughs> I'll right. take that one off. All right. Uh, yeah, just... Put a little PTO. <laughs> um, this was directed by Antoine Fuqua. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, 73% from critics and 89 from audiences. A- Mind if I interrupt you real quick? We were going through Antoine Fuqua's uh, movies. Awesome director. Yeah, he is. But hey, next time, though, you decide to cut me off, can you raise your hand? <laughs> <laughs> y- yes, sir. All right. Pretty fucking rude just to interrupt somebody. <laughs> I thought that's what we were supposed to do on here. Oh, yeah. I forgot we're not professional. What's that? What's a professional? Right. Um, box office was $104 million on a $45 million budget. Uh, this movie was nominated for two Academy Awards, including a Best Actor nomination for Denzel Washington, which he won. And a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Ethan Hawke, which he did not win. What Do you know what did win? Uh, yeah, actually I did. Uh, this was going to be the uh, my nominee for the Unsolved Mysteries of the movie, but I decided to go something different. Um, do you remember a movie called uh, Iris with Jim Broadbent? No, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, neither does anybody else. That's who won. <laughs> of course. Yeah, see, this is this goes back to what I said on our Dark Knight episode. I think that 
they should award these like five years down the road mm-hmm. and even take them away from people. And just like, yeah, like this one a movie five years down the road. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember it six months after it came out. Probably. <laughs> I seriously like Iris. I, that movie did not ring a bell with me at all. Jim Broadbent. Yeah. If you listen to this show, you're a good actor, but come on, man. Even, you know, Ethan Hawke should have won this. I don't even know who the hell that is. Hey, he's been in some stuff. Um, he was like one of the, I, I can't remember which Harry Potter movie he's in, but he's in that. Uh-huh. I think he was in the gangs in New York too. Mm. But I tell you what, he doesn't deserve that best supporting actor, not, uh, Oscar. Fuck that. You should ship that shit over to Ethan Hawke's house. That's right. And uh, to get off that tirade, this movie's also streaming on HBO Max. Very nice. Everybody go check it out. Yeah, so uh, we're getting better with finding movies that you can actually watch on streaming services. I know we had that little uh, run there for a while where uh, Paramount doesn't have, like, their best movies on their own streaming service, which blew my mind. <laughs> it's like, why even fucking have a streaming service if Wayne's World's not going to be on it? Why, why name it after yourself? Right. You're not going to put any of your movies on there. I feel like I'm in a, like, I'm in a bitter mood tonight. You do, you do sound like a grumpy-ass old man right now. I am. I was just... <laughs> I hate seeing like people get shit on and like people like that love Wayne's world getting shit on. It's not on HBO max or Paramount plus I fuck. I'm losing track of what <laughs> services are on there. There's like 4 million streaming services in the United States. So it's hard to keep track. Yeah. I think I've got like three and a half million of them at my house. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into the William Somerset research corner. Shall we? We shall. Cause I think we're getting off. We're like just, ripping on tight. At least I am. I just feel like I'm just in full on bitch mode tonight. I was sitting back enjoying and I liked it. I'm, you know what? I'm in a good mood too. It's just, I don't know why I'm just fucking angry that Ethan Hawke doesn't have that best supporting actor. <laughs> I'm like, really, that's going to fucking bug me the rest of the night. Um, <laughs> training day was supposed to be directed by Davis Guggenheim, who sounds like a guy that would uh, run a fancy French restaurant. Um, mm. And he had, Samuel L. Jackson as Alonzo and Matt Damon as Jake. Gosh, I'm sitting here trying to think if I could even picture that because you know how much I love Denzel and I think Denzel really makes this movie. So he makes this movie tick. So I don't, I, I don't know. I like Sam Jackson a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, I do too, but this doesn't, I don't, think this works as well with Samuel Jackson because I think Samuel Jackson to an extent has done something similar to this. Yeah. It's almost like his character in Pulp Fiction. Uh, maybe. Uh, Samuel, like Jules Winfield, though, has got some redeeming qualities. Let's be real. Alonzo Harris is not a, like, a decent human being. No, not at all. He's a terrible dad. He beats up his girlfriend, mm-hmm. wife, whatever she is. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, according to the research, uh, Guggenheim dropped out once uh, Denzel Washington was cast. What an idiot. Well, I mean, it could be one of those things where he wanted to make the movie he wanted to make. So it was like, okay, if you're going to bring in people that I don't want, then I'm not going to do it. It's yeah, silly. It's silly. Denzel? That's right. I mean, it's like, hey, I have a chance to get uh, LeBron James my team, but you know what? I don't want him, so I'm going to resign. <laughs> Yeah, have fun with that. Right. 
Uh, Toby Maguire, Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg, and Eminem were all considered at one point for the Jake Hoyt role. Uh, Bale and Eminem turned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Toby Maguire actually was going to be cast. He even did like put on some weight. He did some ride-alongs of police officers to kind of get into the mind frame of it. And then once Ethan Hawke's schedule freed up, they shit-canned Toby Maguire and hired <laughs> Ethan Hawke instead. Poor Toby Maguire. Right. I, I like Toby, but I think I don't see him as Jake Hoyt. I don't know. Toby Maguire just like he has I like him as an actor, but he just he looks like somebody that would get swallowed up in the streets of LA. Oh yeah. Whereas Ethan Hawke, I could see him eventually becoming like what Roger does in this movie. Kind of that grizzled old vet. I mean, I don't know if he would be selling drugs, but it looks like he would eventually <laughs> toughen up to be able to work that beat. So I can't yeah. see Toby Maguire doing it. No. Uh, Bruce Willis, Gary Sinise, and Tom Sizemore were all considered at one point for the role of Alonzo, which if they would have cast him, this thing's coming out direct to DVD. Oh, yeah. I mean. On purpose, probably. Yeah. Which I'm sure that down the road, if they'd make like a sequel to this movie, Bruce Willis will be in Training Day too. I, you know what? I'm I'm okay with that as long as it's not like, you know, as long as it wasn't this original one, I'll be okay with seeing him in like a Training Day too. Maybe he'll make it good. You never know. No, Bruce Willis wouldn't make it good. Bruce Willis has essentially phoned it in. Have you seen anything in with him lately? No. He looks like he's fucking sleepwalking through anything he's in. This is like he probably is. Like he has a like doesn't care. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. This paycheck is gonna get me another house in Idaho. I don't care. In Idaho? That's is that where he actually lives? I think so. I know that uh, him and Demi Moore bought a a town in Idaho years ago. Man, could you imagine being able to buy a whole fucking town? Right. That's kind of what I want. So if somebody wants to invest in our show and pay us to do this, that's what I would use. (laughs) <laughs> the money that I get is I would buy some small town somewhere. <laughs> you going to make yourself the sheriff too? No, I'll have somebody do that. I'll let the uh, taxpayers decide. You know what? No, screw that. You let me be the sheriff. I'll grow out this amazing mustache. It's big old dick duster and I'll wear a cowboy hat and everything. Oh, damn. You're basically becoming Wyatt Earp from Tombstone then. Yep. I'm having me a nice little six shooter. I, it would be one of those things. Uh, have you seen Roadhouse? Mm-hmm. You know how the, the villain Brad Wesley basically brags he brought J.C. Penney's to the town? That would be me. Mm. <laughs> I would brag to people like, yeah, the Applebee's, that's, I, I did that. <laughs> Going fancy with the, bringing everybody to the neighborhood, huh? Yeah, I brought a Texas Roadhouse to town. You should be grateful. Hey, Applebee's, are you interested in sponsoring us? We just talked about your restaurant. Yeah, there we go. Um, I forgot all about this, but uh, they turned this movie into a television show back in 2017. Had Bill Paxton as kind of like the older corrupt cop. And then uh, Justin Cornwell, who I had never heard of, played like the Jake Hoyt-esque role. Huh. Yeah, I remember them talking about it, like advertising it. But I don't remember... uh... Like, actually, I've never seen an episode, and I didn't even know it actually aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it ran for a year, and I think 
they were supposed to bring it back, but then Bill Paxton passed away, unfortunately, and they couldn't they couldn't do it after that. I love Bill Paxton. I do too. He's gone way too soon. Absolutely. Um, the events of this film are based a lot on the Rampart scandal in the late nineties, uh involving the LAPD. I, did you do any research about that or read into that? Um, I saw a little bit about it, but I didn't, I didn't deep dive into it. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it. Well, basically it's like, uh, I forget the name of the organization, but, um, the LAPD created this department where they, like, it's almost like these cops that were meant to like bust drug dealers, stuff like that, clean up the streets. Well, I guess apparently, uh, cops in this unit were ripping off drug dealers and committing murders selling drugs on the streets to make money. Hmm. And I guess it finally got blown open in the late nineties and, uh, brought a lot of guys down. And as a matter of fact, the, uh, Rafael Perez is like kind of like the most notorious member of the LAPD that was involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Washington models the Alonzo character after him, even the way he looks like the way he dresses and even the goatee that he has. Huh? Well, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know why this came up in my research, but I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, do you know how many times the word fuck is used in this? Oh, I saw this earlier. Uh, 212? Close, 211. Ah, damn. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were in that, that would have been uh, 212. Oh, no, we would have set if, the record. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you know what the record is? Uh, I... Uh, actually, yeah, because you sent me your notes. That's how I know. Yeah, it's 935 by a movie called Swear Net the Movie. <laughs> is that all? Is that all they say? Is it just? It must. Have, it must have been. Um, the uh, the record for a mainstream movie is Wolf of Wall Street, 569. Mm, yeah, I would have beat that easily. I beat that every day. Yeah. I'm all about the fuck word. Yeah. I use it a couple times a day. Like my, I would probably meet that in a month. Well, you don't, you're not a vulgar human being like I am. Well, I also have two kids that, especially like my daughter now is at that age where she likes to repeat things. And I'm pretty sure she has learned that word from me or her mother. <laughs> so I try not to, I try not to use it too much now. Although it yeah, slips, makes, it, it slips sense. a lot. So. Um, but you're trying. That's what's important. Right. I'm trying. Um, the last uh, fact I have is that, you know, the cafe where uh, Hoyt meets Alonzo for the first time? That's a famous mm-hmm. movie cafe. It was in Seven and Gone in 60 Seconds and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Is it an actual cafe, too? Yeah, it's uh, called the Quality Coffee Shop in L.A. Hmm. Uh, if you Google it, there's an actual address. You can go in there and sit down and eat. Uh plan out your day, have somebody tell you a story. Hopefully it's better than the one that Hoyt tells Alonzo, but. <laughs> Did you hit that pussy? Tell me a story. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got? So the original script was actually written in 1995 for this. Wow. Really? Yeah. And uh, what, was, what did you say the year was that this came out? 2001. So, yeah, it sat there for that long, six years. Yeah, I guess there's um, a thing where, like, uh, 
like uh, like a lot of Hollywood scripts, they seem to bounce around and they sit and they they go to die and then somebody will read it and then like they'll get like a cheerleader at a studio. Then eventually it'll get made or it nothing happens with it. Hmm. So our our next big blockbuster is probably sitting on somebody's desk collecting dust, huh? Right, or the the movie that you can find on iTunes that's, uh, hey, this is in theaters now, and it's got Richard Dreyfus and Amy Smart as, like, a couple of assassins. That costs, like, $3 million to make. <laughs> uh, so while conducting research for Hoyt, uh, Hawk tagged along with a police officer who confiscated two kilos of cocaine then sold part of that evidence for information on a murder. So... Picking up what you said about how they were corrupt over there. He witnessed all this personally. I'm surprised he's not fucking dead. Yeah. Me too. Especially even talking about it, you know? Yeah, I'd have been I would have been a little uncomfortable. Like, uh, you can go ahead and drop me off here. Yeah, I'm done. I got all the research I need. Yep. <laughs> so the the fact that um we were talking about earlier where you were talking about how this is Denzel's first out and out uh, villainous character. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the NAACP wasn't happy with that, with him playing a bad guy. They came down to the set personally to try to talk him out of playing this role. Really? Yeah. They Did you find out why? I mean, like they just didn't want him. They didn't want him to play a bad guy. Cause he was like, he's a big uh, African American, you know, good guy. You know, he's seen as a face of, of, uh, good African-Americans and he's playing a bad corrupt cop and they didn't, they weren't happy with it. Huh? I found that kind of interesting. I don't know. It's just, and he, he told them like, you know, all these big actors, they all play villains. It's his job. It's his art. He needs to make this art. Well, I, for one, am glad that he wasn't swayed. Cause I mean, We'll get into that later, but yeah, th- that this is a what they call a tour de force. Tour de force, yes, Good. that's a great line. It is. Uh, I, it's probably I seen it on one of those uh, word of the day uh, calendars. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna stash that away for like, I'm gonna use that at some point in my life, and here we go. I've used it. Perfect. Check that one off. The, you know. Off the list. Well, I don't have a, a list of words that I, I've been meaning to use in my lifetime. You should. <laughs> well, maybe I will now. Um, so one of our categories is named after a line in this movie, as mm-hmm. hopefully everybody knows by this point. Yeah, uh, he came up. <laughs> he came up with this uh, line improvised. He improvised the line. Mm-hmm. He also improvised scraping his guns together like they were sharpening knives. You know, that part where he does that, mm-hmm. kind of clinks his guns together. He improvised that as well. Denzel's gangsta. Oh, phew. That had, like, that had been me. I've been shitting in my shoes. Somebody's fucking with me like that. Um, The ending, so this is my last fact. The ending actually was different than what it was in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, but Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> see, I raised my hand. <laughs> Mr. Russ. <laughs> Mr. Lucas, um, yeah, I uh, before you tell that spoiler, this movie came out in 2001. You've had ample time to see it, so go ahead. If you haven't, shame on you. Um, so 
the initial ending, they got into the fight in the neighborhood, and Jake just dumped the money on the bed and walked away. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a, a really lame ending. So I'm kind of glad that Denzel actually um, came up with the ending himself and said Alonzo deserved a violent, awful ending, which mm-hmm. he got. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I it it's uh, it's just one of those things where like I at the end of the day, I mean I know it's a cool thing to think you want to see the villain get away with with what he's done, but it doesn't really like that's not a good payoff. That would have been a, such a lame ending if like he got away with it, you know? Right. And like you were saying, there's no redeeming qualities about him, so you really didn't feel bad about him getting. <laughs> machine gun down in the middle of the street by like 47 Russians. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When I was watching it last night, I yelled, Denzel, no, no, don't kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, fuck, shit, no. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my last fact, sir. All right, good deal. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, The I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene in the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, I'll let you go first. Throw your nominee out there. Uh, Mine is that final fight in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. where they're fighting through the apartment. You know, they're shooting at each other, and then he follows them out into the street, and all the gang members uh, decide not to toss Alonzo a gun to help him shoot Jake. Yeah. You know, because they know that, I mean, for one, he's been really shitty to all of them. And for one, you know, they know he's going to die. And for two, it's like... You know, fuck you, dude. You've been, you've been ruining our neighborhood. Even though this is a pretty gangster neighborhood, you've been in here being a piece of shit to us. Mm-hmm. We don't have your back. Right. Uh, that that's my best scene. I had a couple honorable mentions. Um, the well, I have one. That bathtub shotgun scene when he's in the uh, the Mexican gang members' uh, house. Smileys. Yeah. When they hold that shotgun to him and they have that bathtub water on and they're like close the curtain i don't want it brains all over the place like to this day every time i see that scene it makes me uncomfortable yeah i know what's gonna happen i know that they don't kill him but i'm like oh man this is just fucking awful this guy does not deserve this at all he's been he's been put through the ringer in this day and mm-hmm. he's this is how it's gonna end like oh man that sucks yeah i know and like basically alonzo just fucking leaves him that's how it starts it's just like <laughs> fucking him bails on him to kill him yeah <laughs> his life is worth a blender. Um, I had the uh, the whole fight. Uh, I called it the King Kong monologue. Just that that whole sequence from the time he goes to uh, Ava Mendez's apartment mm-hmm. through the uh, the ending where uh, Ethan Hawke's character walks away. I have that as like an honorable mention, and I also have uh, the Smiley's house trip too, mm-hmm. just because like. I know Cliff Curtis is really good about, uh, I don't know, he kind of gives off that expression that, hey, we're just playing a game of cards here, you know, kind of lures him into, like, a false sense of security. I mean, like, sorry, that's a little bit of a nitpick of mine, but, like, how fucking stupid can you be as a police officer to hand someone your gun? Even though it's not loaded, I would have never have done that. Right. But see, like, they, they kind of made him feel comfortable. And then he realizes, like, oh, hey, this isn't how it seems. And then, like, of course, he gets dragged into the bathtub. 
Well, I don't think he expected Alonzo to turn his like you know he's always had partners that were good to him. He didn't expect Alonzo to turn his back on him. Well, yeah, I his think life for a that's when blender. it's that's when it goes south. Yeah, it was a blender. What else? That was like a boombox, wasn't it? Like a radio or something? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I noticed on the box it said Sunny instead of Sony. <laughs> it's like somebody <laughs> took a, like a, mar- a marker and just crossed off the top half of the O. They're like, we don't want to pay. Uh, royalty fees for this. Yeah, Warner Brothers like, you know what, we spent enough money on this. Yeah. Um, my nominee is the uh, the sequence where uh, after they, they bust the, the kids in the car and they grab that weed from them mm-hmm. and Denzel gets him to smoke the weed. Oh, man. That's a fucked up scene. It is. And like, I don't know, like most people, I, I feel like you can identify with that because I'm pretty sure that most people that have listened or listening to our show have bowed to peer pressure at one point. Oh, everybody has. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like, he's kind of questioning his manhood. He even like says like, Hey, you know, if you don't do this, like and you're undercover, like they're going to know that you don't do drugs and then your your wife's going to get a folded up flag. Yeah. And then he says, fuck it. And he smokes it. And then he, he asks him if he likes to get wet which I found out today on the Urban Dictionary. Thank you, Urban Dictionary. That's a term for somebody that smokes PCP. <laughs> that was the yeah. first definition. There's a couple of other ones that I'm not going to dive into with this. Daddy. But, uh, yeah, I just a really good scene. Um, I also like it when, like, he stopped in the middle of the traffic and that guy's honking his horn. He just points that gun at him. He's it's like, oh, hey, you know, sorry about that, man. <laughs> Plus, uh, it taught me as a, a young man uh, back in 2001. It also told me... Uh, how to look for immature weed. Hmm. Life lessons. Yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of a funny line. It uh, says it was immature. I was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> so what are we giving this to? I mean, I think oh. I think the, the sequence with Hoyt and the fight leading up to the King Kong monologue, I think that's got to be the winner. Yeah. there's a lot, Man, there's so many good scenes in this movie, though. There's a scene where... Where he fucking, he grabs Snoop Dogg in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. That was funny as hell. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable, but it was still funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd say it has to be that just because like, this is what, you know, what you get out of the scene. Plus mm-hmm. it's almost like Alonzo's starting to, like his world is starting to crumble around him. Yeah. So that's, that's the real, one I would give it to. He realizes he's going to die. Yeah. Although I, I I like the uh, the weed smoking scene too because like when you and I used to work together that's how I wanted to take people out like that came back and worked with us that's how I wanted to take mm-hmm. them out and train them <laughs> give them some fucking angel dust yeah just like <laughs> goddamn yeah just take like uh, some eighteen year old like you know eighteen nineteen year old kid out there just tell them like you know. You don't work in the warehouse. You don't smoke that shit. Mom's going to get a folded up flag at her front doorstep. It's like, what the fuck? I'm just here to unload a truck. <laughs> like, no, you're going to smoke that shit. Breathe that shit in your lungs. Somebody comes up and asks me for help with a TV. I'll point a gun at them. <laughs> I already did. Oh, shit. Finger uh, gun, but, it, you know. <laughs> That's why they used to call you the shooter. No, actually, I, I never heard anybody call you that, but 
They should. I was say, I thought it was, it was more like Shooter McGavin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we giving it to the the fight sequence yeah, the, slash the neighborhood fight. Okay. Scene. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm good with that. Um, the next category is the I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. I really couldn't think of anything that I would cut out of here. No, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, it was pretty straight. I mean, there's really nothing. There's nothing really wasted in this movie. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see anything wasted in this movie. Yeah, I. I don't think. I don't think there's anything I'd cut out. I mean, it's a really good category, but we haven't really had many nominees for it. Well, that's because we keep doing good movies. That's right. We'll have to do something shitty at some point soon. Whereas the best scene in the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, the opening credits, and it's like a laundry list of, like, bad scenes. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the King Kong ain't got shit on me award for the best line in the movie. King Kong ain't got shit on me! I mean, I, I wonder think this, what's going to win. I think this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my notes say King Kong ain't got shit on me is the winner. We named our category after it. Yeah. We literally did. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's mine too. Like I really didn't want to nominate anything else. Uh, I think that that whole monologue is probably the best one of his career. And I, I wow. think it's probably top 10, top 15 of all time. I mean, like really if I'm, good. if you, if somebody had never seen a Denzel Washington movie before, that would be the, the scene I would show them just that, that monologue. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of like all time famous lines and it's definitely one of the best. And the fact that he improvised it makes it even mm. better. Yeah. I, I just think it's really good just because, like he's the king of that neighborhood and you could slow, like it's just, it's almost like the way he's screaming and yelling at people and trying to be intimidating. It's like, he's doing that to preserve his life. He's like, I'm trying to use the last bit of my reputation that I have to, to get that neighborhood yeah. to like watch his back. And they're just like, you know what? No, you're, we don't need you anymore. Right. And, Actually, I read that they filmed that in like that. It's an actual dangerous neighborhood in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Anton. Uh, I had seen that um, they had had uh, they uh, Antoine Fuqua got uh, the Bloods and the Crips to kind of cooperate together with the filming of that movie in that neighborhood too, which I thought was really yeah. They used real gang members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the only way they could film in that neighborhood too. I think. And then they had Terry Crews there too. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I forgot about Terry Crews until I seen him. I was like, "Fuck, that's Terry Crews." But I, I, I can't, I can't see Terry Crews without thinking of him in either Brooklyn Nine Nine or as the president in Idiocracy. Ah man, I think of him in White Chicks. Oh yeah, that, that too. To a thousand miles. Man, we love Terry Crews here on the show. We do. Plus, I watch AGT, and he's the host of that, and oh, I like him on there too. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, King Kong ain't got shit on me. I think that's pretty much – if we had – I can't think of an easier award that we could not – you know, we could give out <laughs> than that one. 
until I guess we do super bad in the McLovin. There, there you go. Although that's tough because like the cops are really good in that too. So, all right. Uh, speaking of the McLovin Award, uh, we're now to the McLovin Award for the best supporting performance in the movie. I am McLovin. Who do you have as your nominees? Uh, I have three. I know I usually only come with one. I'm bringing the heat this week. Um, I've got Scott Glenn as Roger. Um, I have Snoop Dogg as Blue. And I actually have uh, Macy Gray as Sandman's wife. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is her acting debut. You know, she she came out with that one song and was famous for, you know, a year or so with that song. Right. And she was just really good, uh, you know, in this movie. Let me see that one. Mm-hmm. Let me see that one. That part cracked me up. And then Snoop Dogg in the wheelchair. Man, why are you always fucking with me, man? I ain't doing nothing but rolling around here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, definitely Scott Glenn is Roger. He just he just feels like, you know, he was once a corrupt cop on the streets who's retired and his pension just wasn't doing it for him. So he had to be like the ultimate piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad retired cop. Right. Um, for me, I had uh, Cliff Curtis as Smiley. Like I said in that that bathtub sequence, like Cliff Curtis is like a really good character actor. He's God, he's been in tons of different movies, but um, like just yeah, the fact that he's able to portray like somebody like he kind of lures him in, thinking like everything was cool, just like a couple guys playing cards, and then like shit goes south real fast. He was my mm-hmm. only other nominee, but I had Scott Glenn, too, as Roger. I think he's really good in this. Um, I think I think everybody knows, like, that one guy that just seems to be, like, knows the ins and outs of, like, the local high school sports scene. Yeah. Which I blew my mind. Like, he just goes, uh, he does that thing. Hoyt, Hoyt. Oh, yeah, starting strong safety, North Hollywood High. <laughs> yeah, like... It's usually like the older like barbershop guys in the small towns in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember when old Timmy threw that no hitter against you know Wes Amarillo, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, I think well, everybody it's knows like, that. It's like you with movies. It's like you with actors and movies and shit. I was telling uh, my wife earlier that I wish that I could get paid for that. Just like, oh hey, you know who. Who was Buffalo Bill and Silence Lambs? Like, oh, Ted Levine. He was also the voice of the trucker in Joyride. Yeah, it's like you fire. Well, whenever I have a movie question, you know I always text you. Well, like I said, it's uh, I wish it was a, a skill or a trait that paid better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Roger's my winner. Like, he kind of lives the life that I, I want when I get to be that age. Just sit around my house. With a black tank top tucked into my jeans, wearing a robe, and drinking scotch at ten o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I think everybody uh, wants that. Um, you did have, you know, we are gonna. I think we're gonna go with Roger, but Smiley, the guy that played Smiley, yeah, dude, man, this was, was tough. Really like he was good. really good. Like, yeah, I almost gave it to him just to be different, but yeah, Scott Glenn, he's pretty awesome. He's one of those guys that's kind of a underappreciated too. He always plays like the second or third like lead in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like I remember he was uh in backdraft. 
That's like that's the movie I always remember him from his backdrop. He's in like uh Hunt for Red October. He's been in uh I think he's in one of the Born movies. I think he's in the last Born movie, but he's just been in a ton of stuff. He just never the lead, but he's always good in anything he's in. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right. So, yep, we'll give it to Scott Glenn. Um, I don't know. Do you have uh, an Eric Stoltz nominee this week? Because I don't. Mm, No. Um, Because if you replace anybody, this movie kind of falls apart, I think. Yeah, especially the two leads. You can't – I don't think you can replace either one of them. Yeah. Um, Definitely not those two. Right. Yeah, you can't – you for sure can't replace uh, Denzel or Ethan Hawke. I I don't know. Maybe if I was to pick, maybe Raymond Cruz. He was one of the, the gangsters at the, the table when they were playing cards. I know when they ask uh, Ethan Hawke if he's ever had his shit pushed in, like just the way he does it, it's like, okay, dude, you don't have to – Yeah, he does overact at that point. Yeah, it's like, okay, man, let's dial that down just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, but I guess he, if I had to pick again, somebody. He might have been on drugs. <laughs> like his character, you know what I mean? That could have been too. And I, I thought about nominating him, but I also forgot he played Tuco in Breaking Bad. So, like, no, he can't. <laughs> I love Tuco. Saved by Breaking Bad. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, second uh, award we don't have a, a nominee for. So, uh, the Unsolved Mysteries of the Movie. Joint. Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. What do you have? So what exactly did Jake do? You know, did he go back to to directing traffic? Did he get a spot as an undercover? Like, what the hell did he do after this? Yeah, I I don't know because it's – it makes me wonder if they don't do an investigation into that uh, Alonzo's team after he gets killed. I'm sure that the money – has to be brought up. Yeah. But I I personally think what happens to Jake is they end up leaving L.A. Because, I mean, I, I don't... I would. Because I think that, like, you know, with cops, they have, like, a, a code of, like, brotherhood. It's like, all right, you're kind of narking out your fellow cop, even though you know he's even in the he wrong. Even if he was a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're still, like, selling him out. Like, how can we trust you if you're going to do that to him? So, I don't know. I, I think that him and his family leave L.A. He probably becomes a sheriff. So. He probably becomes a sheriff in, like, some northern California town. Hmm. You know? Or maybe he moves yeah. to, like, Nevada. Arizona out in the desert. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. That's kind of what I see him going. Um, the other one I have is... So, respect is a big thing on the streets. Would well, you know that, don't would, you? <laughs> I think we both do, don't we? Yeah. Um, would Jake be seen as like a a hero of sorts in that old neighborhood where Alonzo was kind of running shit, and they kind of turned their back on him? Not not necessarily as like a we want you here, but we respect you. We're not gonna necessarily shoot at you right away when we see you like they like he said they would at first i think so because uh i mean i don't think they would have done what they done you know basically they told you know alonzo like hey we're 
this is on you, man. You're yeah. See, I I could I could see that happening, but then again, we also figured that Ethan Hawke's character is moving to Nevada anyway, so that's true. He probably won't be visiting the neighborhood anymore, or he might. <laughs> hey guys, remember I beat the shit out of uh, Alonzo? It's me. Hey everybody, I brought pie. <laughs> Punching pie. Um, the one that I have is, I really tried to figure out Roger's joke. They tells. That kind of uh-huh. bugged the shit out of me, so I kind of tried to, I don't know, I thought about it while I was at work, trying to interpret what that meant. And I thought at first it meant, like, no matter how... What, what was the joke again? It's something about, like, the snail. A guy sees a snail on his, his porch, and he ends up ripping the shell off, and he throws the snail. And then, like, the snail waits, like, a year, and it eventually comes back, and then the, the guy does it to the, the snail again. It's not oh, really yeah, a ha-ha like, ha joke, but... Huh? He he looks at him. He says, "What the hell do you want?" Yeah, or something what like the that. Hell are you looking at or something like that. Yeah. And he tells him like, "You get that joke, you get the streets." That yeah, kind of I don't know. Um, I guess I guess people throw you away, and you slowly make your way back. And well, that's what I thought at first top. too. I, I I thought it was one of those things that like, no matter how hard the streets kick you down, you have to keep moving and picking yourself up. That's kind of how right. I thought of it at first, but I'm like, you know what? Somebody has to have come up with some kind of theory about this. So I looked it up. I got on the uh, on the old Google. Mm-hmm. I typed in, you know, the meaning of Roger's joke, and luckily Google knew exactly what I was – because Google knows everything. I mean, Google knows that I want pizza before I do. <laughs> the ads do get you pretty well. Yeah, so, like, Google already knew, like, I typed it in, like, the meaning of Rogers, and it says joke. It filled it in for me. I'm like, oh, fuck. They knew I was, they knew I was watching Training Day. So, I looked it up. Um, the best theory that I found was uh, that the guy signifies the streets, and the snail is, like, a person that falls victim to the streets. And then it's just kind of, like, the si- they kind of measure, like, the size difference, like, you know, the streets are big, and then, like, you're just, the snail's just, like, a small little pebble. Mm-hmm. The streets are like, ah, I could kind of dig that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the one I liked. Although now I read mine aloud, I thought mine was kind of cool, too. I think so. Thanks, man. Also, I appreciate you. <laughs> I got your back. I, thanks. Also, like, why was everybody laughing at the joke like it was, like it was a ha-ha thing? Is it because they I don't were all know. drunk? It could have been. 10 in the morning. Well, we know why Ethan Hawke was laughing at because he was fucking hopped up on PCP. <laughs> An immature Mom, weed. What the hell did you give him? An immature weed. Yeah, that cracked me up that scene. He goes, man, you boys all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only one I had, though. Like, that's, that, that's the one thing after I watched the movie last night. I'm like, fuck, I got to figure out what that is. It's very nonsensical. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not one of those jokes you read in, like, a joke book, like, uh, you know, like that joke in Pulp Fiction. I was just trying to think of something like a real shitty joke, like... Uh, it's not Jim Thompson's joke book? No, not a friend of the show, Jim, who had a dream journal full of jokes. Some of them were funny, though. Yeah. I'm we sure love you, Jim. We love you, too, Jim. You're a good dude, even though you stole jokes off Comedy Central. <laughs> All right, last award. Wrap this up. Uh, I'm the king of the world. I'm the king of the world. 
or who wins the movie? Who wins the movie for you? I think this is pretty obvious, but it's yeah, it's unanimous. It's it's now while Ethan Hawke is insanely good in this movie next to Denzel, it's Denzel. Um, it's some of the best acting he's done. You know, like you said, it's the first time he was really out and out villainous, and he really was, and you you felt like he was that giant piece of shit. I mean, he was. He's just so excellent in this movie, and the Oscar was well-earned, well-deserved. Plus, we have a love affair with Denzel. We do. He is the man. Because he's awesome. Yeah, that's who I had to. Like, I've always felt that this and Malcolm X are his two best roles. Oh, yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, because, I mean, with Malcolm X, he's able to play Malcolm X, like, the th- different stages of his life, like, you to see the evolution of who he becomes. Mm-hmm. I just like up until this movie, I, I thought that like hands down was Denzel's best performance, but it's between this and that one. I mean, they're both awesome. Um, well, I, as the co- like as the coach and remember the Titans. Oh, dude, I'll ride all day too. on remember the Titans. That movie is fucking awesome. And I didn't put it on this poll question because I wanted to, I like, I would have been heartbroken if it would have lost. Yeah. That movie's so good, and that speech where he marches them all out there to Gettysburg, and he says the same thing: these guys are dying, the same thing you're still fighting over today. Mm. Whew, gets me every time. Yeah, maybe, maybe remember the Titans will be coming up sooner rather than later. Hope so. Yeah, love that movie. But uh, yeah, I I think Denzel like this movie. The script itself is kind of mediocre. I mean, it's it's essentially a paint my numbers cop movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie would have been made regardless whether he was in it or not. Just whether it would have been as good, yeah, that's be debatable. So. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's fucking electric in this movie. Like, you can't take your eyes off him the entire time you're watching this. Like, he is fucking killing it. Going 110. Yeah, and I just, and like I, I think if there was a an actor, well, I think. Hollywood is doing like some kind of Hall of Fame type deal, but like if they were doing like a Hall of Fame where they put people in, I think Denzel's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And this is arguably one of his two best performances in a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree. I don't, yeah. I, I can't argue that at all. Yeah. So, yeah, Denzel, it's pretty unanimous. We didn't really bicker too much about these categories because I think we kind of knew. As soon as this one, I think we kind of had an idea, like, what exactly we were going to do. Yeah, By it just way, gave us an opportunity to fawn over Denzel Washington for a little while. <laughs> Which I'm always down to do. Right. By the way, a little fun fact for you here at the end. I didn't actually watch this movie this week. I did all of this by memory. That's how much I love this movie. See, I wish I could do that, and I think it's my advanced age that I can't anymore. Well, <laughs> that, and for me, I haven't seen it shit since probably 2003 yeah it's been a long time as like i said like i didn't want to do it at first because i had and i think it's because i'd seen the other denzel movies after that like i had just watched inside man probably a few weeks before we put that poll question up it's a good movie but i that's one that i can't do for memory like yeah. i haven't seen that in so long 
And then uh, before that, I I had watched Crimson Tide not too long ago, which I, I really like. And that's going to be a that's a movie that's going to happen at some point, too. That movie's fucking awesome, too. That uh, is a good one. But, yeah, I, I like, looking back at this, though, like, I I just forgot how incredible his performance is. And, like, just the fact that this movie, this movie could have been done with anybody, like, well, fuck! They were going to do it with Samuel Jackson and Matt Damon, and like that would have been that would have been okay. Like I probably would have watched it too, but like it would have been one of those ones. Like okay, I've seen it once. Yeah, I would have. I would have never visited it again. Yeah, this one, this one I can visit whenever. Right. Yeah, I, I think now I just I think being older now I can appreciate it more off you know a lot more, especially like him because back in two thousand and one I didn't really have an appreciation for the the craft of acting more than I do now. Yeah, I think the older you get, the more you appreciate just, you know, because you, you see, you go through life and you have all these experiences and then you see, you know, stuff being acted out and you're like, man, you feel that. Right. I have never been in deep for a million dollars with Russian mob bosses, though. I don't have that life experience. I don't remember my original name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me either. All right. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add to this before we wrap this bad boy up today? No, I actually don't have anything additional to add. What all right. You, buddy? Nope. I, I think we're good. I think we covered all of our bases on this. Uh, thank you to everybody that voted for this. Uh, like I said, I was kind of apprehensive about doing it once it won, but I'm glad that it did because it gave me a chance to revisit this this classic performance. So. Thank you, everybody. Excellent Excellent choice, guys. All right, so we will catch you guys later. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. Lucas, what do we got coming up next Monday? We have a tribute to one of our favorite comedians. We are going to do Dirty Work uh, in honor of Norm MacDonald. Yeah, we uh, originally that uh, we were supposed to do Goldeneye, which won the Bond poll question, but unfortunately, you know, life happens sometimes, and we had planned on doing Dirty Work anyways. But I think, considering the circumstances, it just gives us a, an excuse to watch it and uh, just talk about like Norm Macdonald's one of my all-time favorite comedians. So, I want to shoot the shit about him for a little bit, and I figured it'd be a good way to get Dirty Work out there so that's coming up next monday so looking forward to that uh, we'll do bond we'll do golden eye sometime down the road so it's coming eventually sounds good all right all right well that wraps up uh this week so uh be sure to check us out on uh apple spotify or whatever you get your podcast and you can always leave us a five-star review if you think we're doing a good job which which we are, which we, are. we are at least eight people think so <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys later. Bye, everybody. Deuces.